<clears throat> All right. Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. Yo, what's going on? I'm, I'm asking the viewer, how's it going? Whoa. The listener. Whoa. <laughs> you know, that, I, that's a good point. I think that's actually a good point. Because remember what we said about, like, the whole point of doing this podcast was so that we could essentially, you know, give people the chance to really ask themselves, how are they going? Not just, not just, dude, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, you meet up with this guy off the street. Oh, how's it going? Great, man. How's it going for you? Great. So life is just so great. Right. It's never, you would think that the world is perfect. If you just asked everyone, how's it going? Everyone's just doing fantastic. Yeah. What a, it's just so fake. Like I'm done asking that. I'm going to say, how's it going? And then they're going to say great and be like, Yeah, elaborate right, <laughs> oh, right yeah. now yeah 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 for sure um, and um so, so i hope i hope this is this does like hopefully spur on other people to actually like really ask how's it going and really answer their question yeah i mean yeah ask yourself like really ask yourself have that moment right now pause mm-hmm. and and think like what am i doing like do i even enjoy my job do i enjoy my major like are the people around me just do they, are they are they in it for me or are they in it for themselves? Mm-hmm. Think about those things and then start playing again. Mm-hmm. So uh, so David? Oh, wait, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so David? <laughs> David, how's it going with you, man? No, I want to I, I start off. I, I know I'm not like answering the question immediately, but, you know, that's kind of the point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to start off with this cool thing that I, I guess I found. Um Remember that webinar that I told you about the previous episode that I went to where I was talking about like what the Harvard education is for? Well, one of the um one of the speakers recommended this book called Letters to a Young Poet by Rainer Maria Rilke or Rilke, I think. Um basically born in 1875, I'm I'm reading this off the back of the book that I have in my hand right now. Born in 1875, this German lyric poet Rilke published his first collection of poems in 1898 and went on to become like famous for his delicate depiction of the workings of the human heart. But drawn by some sympathetic notes in his poems, young people, people like us, Cal, often we're young. wrote. Yeah, well, we're young, but but they wrote to Rilke with their problems and hopes. And between 1903 to 1908, Rilke wrote a series of remarkable responses in the form of letters. And thus, here is this little short book. It's like less than 100 pages called Letters to a Young Poet. And mm-hmm. I just I just want I just want you to hear this one quote that was literally in the first letter that he sent. Let me hear it. It's oh man. So I beg you, okay. Let me see if I can find it. You so basically he so a young person asked him like are my verses good? And this is what he responds. I beg you to give up all of that. You are looking outward. You know, you're looking outward that above all you should not do now. Nobody can counsel and help you. Nobody. There's no one single way. Go into yourself. Search for the reason that bids you to write. Find out whether it is spreading its roots in the deepest places of your heart. Acknowledge to yourself whether you will have to die if it were denied you to write. This above all, ask yourself, and this is the this is the crazy part. This above all, ask yourself in the stillest hour of your night, must I write? Delve yourself, delve into yourself for a deep answer. And if this is if this is correct, if this is affirmative, you may meet this earnest question. 
with a strong and simple, I must. And I, I wanted to start off with that quote, right? Like really, really dig into yourself and ask, must I do this, right? Whether this is podcasting or medicine or law or film or or simply just, you know, yeah, anything really. You you ask yourself inward instead of looking outward. And I suppose it's kind of intrinsic, right? I mean, you always want to look inward for the answers that pertain to yourself. No, but like, must you do this? Yeah. Do you have to do this? As in, you will, you would die if it were denied that you won't. Like, yeah. Are you writing this because you want to go down as someone who wrote something? Mm-hmm, or are you exactly. really writing this? Because you have to. Like, it's urgent. Like, let's get this. Let's go. Yeah. You really have something to say. Yeah. I, re- I like that. Yeah. Has that, has that quote helped you write anything yet? Not yet, I suppose. Um, but it did. It did. It, well, first of all, it, it, it again, it reflects this whole kind of episode I've had for the past few days is to because, you know, last episode I was talking how, you know, live the questions, you know, remember that live the questions instead of mm-hmm. seeking the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and again, th- that quote helped me because I suppose I am looking outward a little too much, looking towards advisors, looking towards bulletin boards, looking towards blogs websites podcasts even to, to find answers and 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 really that those are never those will never be the sources to the answers to these types of questions right of what is my purpose what are my passions what are my interests and what are my careers right um however i would like to say though cal podcasts podcasting okay okay and i was i was i wanted to ask this question must i podcast you know if you think about it, and 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 for me, I think I have to say I must. I I can't imagine myself not having this platform anymore, because it has given me so much meaning. You know. I would completely agree. Like I, yeah, I couldn't see a reality in which I don't do this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose that's I, I I've been feeling very like pensive lately. Um, you know, thinking and stuff like that, and I, and I suppose that's good. Um, and, but overall. You know, it certainly has not been bad. You know, I think I wouldn't call myself. I'm not in a groove yet. You know how once you get used, like for instance, tennis season, right? Once you kind of get used to the practice schedule and and stuff like that, you kind of get into a groove. Right? Yeah, and you really enjoy getting out there. Right, right. But it's like I, yeah, I at first, uh-huh. it's it, it's a little it gets you a little anxious when you're not in a groove. Right, jarring. It's it's yeah, just uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I think I'm still in that transitional period before I'm into this groove, so to speak, where I'm operating at like maximum efficiency and and focus but i I i'm trending i think i'm trending towards the right direction and you know something came up recently not not came up something happened i suppose yesterday was yesterday afternoon from 12 o'clock until i fell asleep uh i was really mentally stimulated like my classes were interesting they had interesting points of view and i was just i was just thinking you know and and i wrote everything down so i i started um, taking sticky notes Mm-hmm. Um, and just writing down short random like here I'll, I'll just uh, let me pull this through um, here's just random things that I wrote down throughout the day yesterday and these are just bullet points okay children are uncategorizable what happened to neighbors education is a zero-sum game for for okay this is weird for sometimes I would forget that I am at Harvard is that a good thing oh oh okay yeah 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 um, oh and he, oh here's a ra- another random thought I had a podcast per, for prisoners is important. Ooh, okay. Here's why. Uh, 
and I didn't write anything else. <laughs> no, that's those are all solid talking points, though. Yeah, and if and if I may, I'm just gonna add add this one weird kind of idea, right? Um, what if would it be possible, psychologically and sociologically speaking, to construct a vote where we could potentially see a national, unanimous consensus, right? Where you would have so three hundred, all three hundred million of us Whoa. vote. vote one thing and, and think about it. Think, how, oh, whoa. think how difficult that would be right because there would always be someone who'd be like fuck this let me let me you know let me fuck it up right yeah of course like and why do we do that like why can't we just complete it there's just there's just something so tempting about ruining yeah so it, but is it possible you know if we were to create create like a psychological incentive to truly vote one way without even considering the other option yeah, and then let's say in this situation, like the temptation to ruin like all three hundred million plus votes, right? Like they don't know that that's the goal of this. They're just well, voting based on like, do they oh. agree with? The, do they agree with it? Because mm, 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 mm. like the idea, so if you were to like present them with the idea of like, hey, let us construct a like, can we all? It's almost like a challenge, right? Can you get everyone? Like if you were to explicitly tell them, hey, can we get everyone to vote yeah. one one way? That then, I would say that would say that's impossible. There's, yeah, there's we're no already way. done. Yeah, throw that yeah. out. But I like, think, yeah, if we had to think of a so, like a policy or an idea that everyone can agree on, yeah, or just a statement, right? So, a statement, false, true, yes, no, up, down, left, right. You know, is there one statement that you can guarantee a unanimous national? And given that th- this country is so diverse as well, keep that in mind. Can we construct something so that someone, not knowing that it's like a national level, because if if they knew, then then I think I think the challenge is impossible. But is there like this one statement that we can all agree on? Oh, dude, I don't know. I don't. And oh, I, I don't know. sorry, I kind of just clipped there, but um, you were born from your mother. But see, it would be obvious though, right? Because like. Imagine you you ask someone to fill out this poll like are you born like obvious like truths right like you are you are who you are okay maybe you are who you are is not a easy example um I know maybe well no and and see no see well see Cal technically you you wouldn't be a hundred percent on that because like what about surrogates right people so you have two it's fathers true. and you have a surrogate would that be your mother that's or, true I don't know I don't know if there's one question and it's like I guess. Pit- opinion question not like a yeah. fact question because like you can say like is the um is the earth round oh, okay never mind never mind some people will actually say no to that um, no definitely yeah uh even is the sky blue like someone's gonna be like well what is blue Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. so like is there yeah, maybe even like fact questions is impossible to find out but um i, I guess the only universal truth is that there is no universal truth <laughs> damn maybe maybe Right, I think I guess that's the only thing we could everyone could agree on, is that there is no, nothing see, that everyone some, can agree on. Some people could say that. Oh, oh, oh. So like, so if you were to ask a question, is is there is there anything that everyone can agree on? Everyone would say no. But exactly. But, whoa, because then, <laughs> dude, because then everyone agrees <laughs> on that. Dude. Oh my god, oh, dude. <laughs> That is that is crazy. <laughs> what the hell just happened? 
I don't even want to think about that. that. Oh my god, that was so cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I mean, to jump back to this whole point of these sticky notes. Uh, yeah, I think I think I mean I'm sure you've had like these random ass thoughts of just random ass ideas, and they just kind of like kind of just enter your brain and fly out of it, right? But yeah, they, you don't get to take advantage of them, yeah. Yeah, like so really, I, yeah, I need really, to write those down. Really write them down, and I think I think this posted idea is pretty nice. Um, I would highly recommend. Like I know you recommended writing down these, gra- and I'm still writing it by the way. I'm I'm on day three. Uh, every night before I go to bed, um, I get this. I I bought a notebook at um at the local bookstore, so. Yeah, I'm I'm writing, you know, nine, nine, twelve, twenty, you know, today bullet point. I'm grateful for X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and then I go to sleep, and it it has helped me. And I think maybe this is partially the reason why I felt so mentally stimulated because now I feel like, damn, like what what am what am I what am I unhappy for? Might as well take the best opportunities out there, anyways. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so I, nice. I would recommend the post-its. You know, definitely for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else, David? Yeah, I mean, if I may, I don't know. I saw this. I saw this mind-blowing TED talk yesterday. Tell me, tell me, please. Um, it's about so it, it was from this guy called Keith Payne, who wrote this book called Broken Ladders, and basically he's talking about the psychology of economic inequality, right? Basically, he he created this study, right? And this this is gonna be this is gonna sound so interesting. One group, so there's two groups of people, right? They both earn the exact same income. But you tell one group that they earn less than average, and you tell the other group that they earn more than average. Guess what happens? Whoa. The, the group that says they earn more, that, that they're told that they earn more than average, says, by majority, let's cut taxes, cut taxes to the rich, cut, benef- cut benefits to the poor, and vice versa for the lower than average. So what does that tell you? It tells you that ideologies of preserving advantages is not based off absolute income. It's based off of relative income. Meaning, I mean, if you think about it, because like you've heard the statistic, right? Or like the average poor person in America is like way richer than the true absolute poor person in the world, right? You've heard of that, right? Like, yeah, poor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those in poverty have cell phones even and stuff like that. But yes. still, we have crazy high amounts of inequality and, and people still starve in this country, even though on average, we're just way off better. Sorry, way better off. Um, so why is that? It's because of the psychology of I am just way worse and th- than than others, right? Um, and I, I feel like that's also in school. And I was going to ask you as well, you know, because I feel like this could be easily transferred to schools, because I I was lucky enough, I think, to have been instilled by my parents that y- you are, you know, special, quote unquote, and 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 you're yeah, ahead, yeah. right? And in school, that was you know, once you're ahead, you kind of stay ahead because you know, you, you feel ahead, you act ahead and, and you're able to keep that. But when you're behind, it's like, I perceive myself at a disadvantage and it's so hard. And sorry. And if I may, this is kind of getting convoluted, but the idea of headwind versus tailwind. So walking against a headwind, all you see are the headwind, right? You see the obstacles, but if you're walking in a tailwind, mm. if you're walking in a tailwind where everything's pushing you forward, all you see is you, your talents, you and your future, which is why the privileged, I think, including me and you, and to some extent, right? We see ourselves, and, and that's why you. That's why I'm beginning to really see through like Ben Shapiro's arguments, because his entire life was privileged. You know, he was he never spent. A yeah, yeah, moment. yeah. And I, I almost, I'm starting to believe that 
like, I feel like he knows he's wrong. Like he's, I know he's a smart guy and some of the stuff he says, I'm like, you have to just be defending your platform because you're the top editor at the daily mirror at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he literally once said, uh, like he just thinks that you pick up a gun one day when, when you grow up in a really low income area and shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Or and, like, or like really the, the people who are down, down there in the, in the poverty, levels are just like poor like um just lazy workers right and yes and aren't yeah. motivated or like that implies that they're naturally behaviorally inferior you know which is just yeah which is just thinking like it's just such a small view on on life like a, a, a wrong view on life it's, it's a wrong view yeah and it's just it's so narrow and shallow and it, I, I just don't even understand why people can't think of like the, the real reason why people are in poverty and how long like why is this an issue and how how did we even end up in this situation instead of just labeling people in poverty as lazy and that's the reason why they're in that situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's so unfortunate yeah, just, just some big brain stuff that's been going on lately and but. uh yeah and that whole like how it, uh it's relative yeah um i i was actually just watching some like anthropology videos and uh they were talking about like even in like chimpanzees, it's all about like relative wealth. Like they gave this group of chimps um, cucumbers, which is actually it's I mean, they love cucumbers, right? So these chimps are just chomping on these and they're loving it, right? They're having a good time, they're like basically having a feast. And then they are separated by a glass window from another group of chimps and they gave them grapes and grapes are like it's it, it, I guess chimps want grapes a lot more than they want cucumbers. And then immediately the chimps just start throwing the cucumbers at the window. They refuse to eat it. Like they would rather starve than watch the other chimps have these grapes. And it's just, I guess it's just instilled in us that it's all relative. Like even if you give, if you gave those chimps the, the grapes and then I, I guess gave the other chimps the strawberries and now suddenly the grapes just <laughs> throw them against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so yeah. We just need to stop being, uh, humans <laughs> yeah I, I hope it's not intrinsic of us to feel that that way because that implies just that you know we're, we're screwed <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so so yeah just, just big brain stuff that's been going on and it's it certainly felt great you know to to be thinking you know that sounds weird like to be thinking but but yeah it's it's certainly been an enjoyable process so nothing nothing particularly negative um i would say though oh okay sorry i know i'm taking more more than my fair share of time here but um, you're good man no we have an infinite amount of time david oh facts of oh, down yeah um, yeah but um so I, I i quote unquote tried to keep up running in college but literally a week in i developed shin splints <laughs> no that's why you need a bike well, I don't have a bike. Um, well, David, go on Craigslist, look up vintage road bike in my area, and pick one up for seventy dollars. Okay, I suppose so. Yeah, like you, it's a low impact cardio. You don't have to worry about getting shin splints, and you can just keep going. Like it's yeah. just so low impact, yet the calorie burning is ridiculous. Hmm. Oh yeah, because you've been biking a lot, haven't you, dude? I bike twenty miles a day now. No, no way. Every single night, I get on my bike and I ride all the way down uh mckee all the way to downtown all the way downtown and then i go all the way up highway 59 all the way to bellevue and then all the way to the lake and then all oh the way back my. home yeah yeah that's wait so is that is that 20 miles right there or is that like uh it's like 18 18 oh miles my god yeah yeah and then uh it's it's like 
I literally, I burn 850 calories a day, at least from just the biking. And then I walk another like three to four miles, which is another 400 calories. How long does that, how long does the biking take you? Uh, so at first it took me an hour and like 10 minutes and now it takes me 45 minutes to bike 20 miles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's legit. So, so you're, you're hauling ass basically. Uh, it's like a 20 mile an hour, 21 or 20 mile an hour pace. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Well, slightly more, I would say. Um, and it's we're we're flying now. Like I, I, I began. I only used to be able to do thirteen miles an hour when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm not even gonna look at time. I'm just gonna try to average a higher and higher speed. And now I'm. I just. I, I remember when I hit eighteen miles an hour, and I was like, let's go. And then nineteen, and I'm holding twenty. Damn. And it's like, what's so great is I haven't sustained a single injury since I started doing this. Like, yeah. I haven't pulled a muscle. I haven't had any shin splints. It's just because it's so low impact. Yeah. It Like, I'm not worried about ever pulling anything. I could literally do it without warming up. Like, that's how... <laughs> I don't even need to stretch. Like, that's how amazing biking is. The only thing is, is like, car could hit you. That's, like, the number one concern. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I you think that's going to be a concern in general. Like, even running. Yeah. But yeah, swimming and biking are just the two ways to do cardio, in my opinion. Facts. I would say to a certain extent, tennis as well. Like I, I remember I had I had probably like the sweatiest workouts doing tennis. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And it builds but, uh fast twitch muscle too. Fat, yeah, yeah. Like fat, you get a lot twitch. more. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it exercises one arm more than the other? Like that's always been my definitely with tennis. Dude, like just having a it, buffer arm. No, and it's a buffer like shoulder and back. Like if my back is still asymmetrical from playing tennis. Yo, really? Yeah, uh, even though I do pull-ups every single day from serving over and over and over again, it has built enough back muscle to throw off the symmetry still. And that, I haven't played tennis seriously in like like nine months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, that's, that's, that's not it. <laughs> I know. And then when I had a one-hander on top of having oh a one-handed my. backhand on top of, yeah. And I only recently switched to a two. So, like, I'm telling you, my left hand wasn't used for anything <laughs> in tennis. Yeah. 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 Damn. Like, imagine Roger, Roger Federer, you know, playing. Have 20. you seen pictures of this man? He is so asymmetrical. Like. Really? Yeah, I'll show you. Like, I have. Well, actually, I'll show you after the podcast. But just just yeah. believe me on this. Um, I thought we were in the same room for a second. So I was going to show you. <laughs> but. Um, it certainly yeah. Feels that way sometimes. His right arm is like twice the size of his left arm. So funny. Um, yeah, yeah, not the way. Yeah, but anyways, I I think I've overstayed my my portion. But for Cal, you man, how how are you doing? How's how's Cal Slotin doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Like I I just got I had therapy not even an hour ago, and. Uh, so nice and productive. Sometimes it's because it, I feel like going to therapy, you immediately think that you have to just sit there and sob for an hour because that's what therapy's for. But today I was feeling amazing and I just said, hey, I'm going to ride this wave into therapy and let's just have a positive therapy session where I only have good things to talk about. And I now I'm in like one of the best moods I've been in in a really long time, like even even better than the last episode we recorded because we just talked about uh, simpler things, uh, like what, like what's my best job situation? We talked about my van life plan, and 
instead of like just being depressed the whole time. So like I use therapy as a way to like get this peak even higher. Mm. We're feeling good. Uh, and she actually, because I told her I've been like attempting to write screenplays. We literally both got uh, writing advice at the same time. Isn't that like mm. what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she, because I told her I'm, I've been like struggling writing a screenplay. And she says, like, are you getting writer's block? And I'm like, yeah. And she said, like, it's your self-critic. And I said, yeah, of course it is. And she's like, well, you have like a set of tools. And she said, like, everyone does. Like, some people are literally schizophrenic. And people, they look at it as a disadvantage. Or some people, you know, have a set of, uh, you know, like, a men- like any, literally any mental illness or, um, or any just behavioral pattern people always look at it as a disadvantage. And she's like, and you're probably looking at your self-critic as a disadvantage. And I'm, mm. But she's like, but literally when your self-critic comes out, just write it down. Like, put it, make it a part of your writing. Like, it, now your writing is so much more interesting. Like, almost be self-aware about being self-conscious about writing it down. Like, writing is supposed to be true self-expression. So why would I try to hide the fact that I have a self-critic and I can never write? Write about that. Yeah. If that's what's bothering you. Um, so it's really, you have to just like spill everything out there. Like if something is bothering you while you're writing, don't just stop writing. That's good. You got to keep writing. Like now you have something bothering you, write it down. It's the whole point. Um, so that's what I'm attempting. I'm going to, I'm going to try to really get past myself critic, um, telling myself that everything I write is awful and instead write about that. Like write about telling myself that everything is awful. It, it sounds kind of meta and like over self aware, but it, it is. It's gonna help me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. It's good. Again, I think this this whole theme of like, you know, focusing on the good things is is really like starting to tease out for us. You know, I agree. It's it's been it's been amazing. Like, just and I've, we've barely even started. Right. Imagine like keeping this up for a year, where we can <laughs> really start like having permanent effects on our brain. You know what I mean? Like if you're negative for years on end, like that must have a, just a huge permanent impact on you. Yeah. Like, and, and it would also physically change you, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And um, imagine doing this for years on end for the rest of our lives. Like I feel like, uh, I feel like our lows are just going to get higher and our highs are going to get higher. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least our lows won't feel as low, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's maybe pompous for me to say, but like, maybe this could even like increase our lifespans, man. Like, yeah, I certainly seriously, feel, I and and maybe this just proves something, you know. Like, I think people just don't talk enough these days, or at least don't talk in a meaningful way, right? Small talk is such is such a circular thing, you know. It doesn't get you anywhere, really. I'm no, sure, it oh, doesn't. oh, oh, it, it. it makes you come off as polite or you get to make some initial friendships and sure sure that can be the starting point i'm, I'm sure we, i'm sure we had small talk at the very beginning as well yeah right? yeah but i think the truly meaningful psychologically beneficial things really come out into these sorts of conversations where we know each other we know what it's like and we can explore any topic of our choosing with pure intent and pure heart you know yeah, and I bet I, I wish like positive and negative were measurable and we could actually do a study on that. Like, yeah, but our negative, 
Yeah, I mean, we started this journey, and there's no way we'll we'll ever know what it was like without it. So, but still, it's certainly nice to think about that this helped us. No, let's just go off the the deep end on purpose to uh, <laughs> to do this study. <laughs> <laughs> let's intentionally just have only small talk with every single one of our closest oh friends, God. and just that would <laughs> oh, that'd be so horrible. Die in ten years, probably. <laughs> no, I was definitely. Well, that would that would definitely. Oh, that would be crippling. Yeah, no, because the, the, the point the, the point is, I feel like, yo, yo, big head. What if like our thoughts naturally like accumulate like lactic acid in our mind? You know, like, dude, it, it must. Stays there, it stays there too long, and it starts like festering and acidifying and and turning into this mush that that ends up actually damaging yourself more than it helps you and then you know you heard the common thing of oh don't keep things to yourself always share it that's the idea you know yeah but then when you take when you're more positive you're you know you're taking a, a breath of fresh air and oxygen you know it depletes lactic acid like you need that fresh air you need those positive yeah. thoughts yeah yeah man Dude, well I'm, you can actually gonna... do a complete straight parallel on like exercising and uh mental health yeah well no that's the thing that, that's that's the problem that we have is that we think yeah. that mental health and physical health are so different and distinct no they're not yeah they're almost yeah. exactly identical except for the yeah basically exactly. the body part you're exercising and then whoa yeah 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 and then like look at this like if you're not in a good enough place and you and you want to improve right but you don't know what to do like a lot of people turn to drugs and it can literally be the same for steroids people who yeah people who take like steroids pretty much any um yeah any performance enhancing performance enhancing yeah exactly um yeah. yo <laughs> it o- is o- opioids are just steroids for the brain honest <laughs> 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 yeah but i mean they give you that short-term boost and then in the long run it's definitely not the right way to go definitely not definitely not um i mean with that, honestly, I didn't have much to talk about, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, and, and sometimes that's just how it is. You know, I, I guess I had more to talk about today. Maybe one day, the next time we, we talk, you're going to have a lot to say. There's always yeah. going to be something, I guess, you know? Yeah, I guess I have a book recommendation as well. Oh, okay. uh, Flowers. For, I, I reread it. Well, I haven't completed it a second time, but I'm reading it again. Uh, Flowers for Algernon. Flowers you guys need from? to read this book. Flowers for Algernon. Oh, 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 okay, okay. And it's yeah, it's it's the story of uh, Charlie. He's special needs. It is fiction. Um, it's Charlie's special needs, like really low functioning, uh, and he, his he's just like so these scientists come up to him, ask him. We have this chemical. It can make you a lot smarter if you take it. He's like, okay, <laughs> like let's do this. So they give him this chemical. And they say, write down in these in this journal, like write down as many journal entries as you can. And uh, we're going to use this as like your, our primary source for this whole study. And you get to read these journal entries of him becoming smarter and smarter and smarter. And he begins by not even being able to put like sentences that make any sense together. Like you couldn't, like some of the, some of the paragraphs, you just can't read them because that's how low functioning he is. And he has no ability to write. By day two, you see slow improvement. And then as you go on, he's suddenly like this normal functioning person. And he looks back at his old memories as if he's like a different person. He literally refers to his uh, 
his low functioning self as like a different human being, like in the third person when he relives those memories and he realized how everyone was just so mean to him, how everyone just treat him so poorly. And he just is so sad at these realizations. And you can see how he almost in some cases misses being ignorant. Uh, and that's only page 70. All right. You got, you got another like 150 pages to go. So please check that book out. Really interesting concept. That's pretty much all I have for everyone today on my side of this. Yeah. So I suppose that's what we felt like. That's what David and Cal felt like on Tuesday, September 15th, 2020.